1: Breaking news from Brewers camp on this Friday. Taylor Youngman is leaving the team to become the starting center for the Milwaukee Bucks. And with that, we begin the April Fool's edition of the Milwaukee Brewers podcast right here on MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. It is Matt Wehmeyer, joined by Brewers reporter Adam McCalvey And Adam, I had you going for a second, didn't I? Just a split second?
0: Uh, well, you used to pick a tall guy. You made a good choice in your player. I could see him playing in the NBA.
1: But the scary thing is, even at 6'6", he'd be a woefully undersized center, would he not?
0: That is is true, but he's the closest the Brewers have. It was better him than Scooter
1: Jeanette. Yes, I agree. Scooter could be a little, like, elusive point guard, but in terms of the guy who can protect the rim, I think you need somebody like uh, Taylor Youngman for sure. But anyway, that is how we begin the April Fool's uh, podcast right here on MLB.com Extras, and uh, Adam, the theme of today's podcast is uh, bold predictions for the brew crew for the 2016 season. Before we get to those, let's do kind of a spring training wrap-up here and project what we're going to see or not see uh, from this Brewers team in 2016 based on your spring training observations. So, Adam, let's start here. Uh, Give me what, in your mind, could be the most intriguing rotation or position battle that is still kind of somewhat simmering at this point. Most clubs do have their... Uh, positions locked down and their rotation locked down, but is there at least one area of relative uncertainty for this Brewers team heading into the first month of the season?
0: Uh, yeah, not relative uncertainty, Matt. As we talk, we're exactly three days, three days from opening day, and your guess is as good as mine and anybody else's about who's going to play center field on opening day for the Brewers. I can't remember a, a year covering this team where we didn't know uh, who was going to be in the starting lineup. And that's the case. They've still got um, three players vying for two spots as we speak. Um, They've got Ramon Flores already on the team, but uncertain what exactly his role will be. Craig Council says this will probably be uh, unsettled into the season. They're going to give guys a shot out there, see who grabs it. Um, It's a, a position of huge uncertainty and, and, uh, really, still, like I said, anyone's guess who's gonna who's gonna man that position.
1: Yeah, it could be anybody's guess, like you said. Uh, come opening day, uh, who's gonna trot out there into <laughs> into center including, field and maybe including someone Matt, from outside the organization. Sure, and that's true of the final bullpen spot on this team as
0: well. They've got competitors in camp for the bullpen. It's two guys uh, for one spot, but but look, they're looking at other clubs. Uh, a few years ago, 2011, they picked up Niger Morgan in the last week of camp. He ended up having a huge impact on a really good Brewers team. Um, this team is going to be different than that one in, in terms of wins and losses, but still it's the same thought, that they're looking at other clubs' cuts, last-minute cuts, and I, you know it's probably 50-50 in terms of whether it's going to be someone in-house that fills those two jobs or whether uh, they go outside the organization. So tremendous uncertainty, and, and again, it's going to continue into April for sure and perhaps beyond. This is going to be a team of opportunity.
1: Yeah, it sure sounds like it, and uh, flip a coin at this point as to who could man – certain positions, who could get certain spots uh, at the back end of that bullpen. So still a lot of uncertainty, a lot still up in the air for the Brewers here at the onset of the 2016 season. Uh, Adam, shifting gears a little bit based on what you've seen in spring training, give me one player, maybe two, that is poised to have a breakout season this year.
0: Well, I have seen enough spring trainings to know that if you're basing this on spring training statistics, you are going to be even more wrong than usual because all these predictions are going to be wrong anyway. But if you base it off spring, it's going to be extra wrong. Um, I'll tell you, though, there's a couple of players who did look good in camp, and one of them uh, maybe we'll talk about later, Chris Carter, really struck the ball well throughout spring training, a shorter swing than you'd expect. Um, He looked pretty good, and I'm very interested to see what he does uh, with this season on the pitching side, Jimmy Nelson, who's coming out of the gates as the Brewers' number two starter, had a strong spring. He really wants to incorporate uh, the changeup this year. Last year, a focus was on the curveball. This year, it's on a changeup, a pitch he used before in college and even in the minor leagues, but got away from in the big leagues where you're kind of fighting for survival as you're trying to break into the bigs. Um, now he wants to establish that as a pitch that would make him a true four-pitch pitcher. And a guy, I think, to keep an eye on this year, Willie Peralta is their opening day starter. But he's a guy who's more, he's into arbitration now. This is a rebuilding team. I think Willie Peralta is, is actually a pretty strong trade candidate at some point. And Jimmy Nelson has an opportunity to kind of establish himself as the guy they you know, build around a little bit more. So those are a one hitter and one pitcher that I'm very curious to see as the regular season starts to unfold and we move past the meaningless spring training performances and get into the ones that actually matter.
1: Yeah, now it counts, and like you said, we've seen a, a multitude of spring training Hall of Famers uh, in recent yep. years, and it, it doesn't always translate to when the games actually matter, but hopefully for the Brewers, these guys that did have strong springs, it will carry over to when the games count, when the W's and the L's matter, so we'll see as 2016 unfolds. Adam, you touched on the uncertainty with the uh, the center field position and with the back end of that bullpen. But perhaps from a team perspective, in terms of the makeup of this team, what is the biggest unknown or the biggest X factor uh, facing this Brewers team heading into a new season? Well, look, positionally, like I said, it's center
0: field. Because that is just so wide open, and it's so unlike any other team I've covered. Again, as you're on the cusp of opening day, and you just literally don't know who's going to play a position is, is weird. But but X factor to me, if we think about it more broadly, I, I and I wrote about this in the week leading up to camp. Jonathan Lucroy has so many unknowns going into this year. He is um, obviously on the trading block. That has been we've talked about it on this podcast. It's been written about at length his future with the team. But but even take that aside, just from a pure baseball standpoint, this was a guy who was fourth in the MVP balloting in 2014 in the National League established himself really up there as, as one of the elite offensive and all-around really catchers in baseball and really fell off last year with two fluke injuries, a foul ball off his foot and was out with a broken toe and then a concussion late in the season. And it wasn't you know wear and tear type injuries. It was fluke things. So he's got an opportunity to really bounce back. But with everything going on around him, the rebuild, his distaste with, going through that process and sort of coming to terms with it and trying to be a leader on this team. Um, There is just so many unknowns, and I think uh, this season could go in so many different directions for him. He's a critical player with all the tearing down that they've done around him of established players and all the, uh, you know, the unestablished guys going to go through way more ups and downs. They are very much counting on Jonathan Lucroy and Ryan Braun to anchor the offense for the time that Lucroy is here. Um, so a, a huge X factor for
1: me. And Adam, that is a perfect segue into the bold prediction segments uh, of the podcast. You have three of those. So let's stick with, uh, Lou Croy here. As you said, he's one of the last, uh, veterans remaining on this Brewers team as the, you know, the rebuild is in full swing now, but you still think that, uh, before the end of the season, if things shake out right or, or wrong, depending upon your perspective, uh, he could be shipped off to a team that is expected to be a major contender in the National League, if you want to elaborate on that.
0: Well, yeah, I think the Washington Nationals are a good fit for Jonathan Lucroy, and I'm not breaking any news by mentioning them as a suitor. There have been talks. Washington is certainly one of the teams that's interested. It hasn't gone anywhere. The Brewers are asking for a haul for their catcher they are valuing him at the again the fourth and nl mvp balloting 2014 jonathan Lucroy, when he led the majors in doubles um other teams uh see him as you know maybe more of a question mark they're not willing to part with the sort of package of players the brewers are apparently looking for so look the rangers are in play for him i think the d-backs would be a good fit as well if they wanted to upgrade but i just threw a dart and picked the washington nationals and i think this happens this season uh, we've talked about this too. The contract for Luke Roy—he's actually under club control through the end of next season, and for the two years, it's only nine and a quarter million dollars, which is a pretty good price when you consider what other players are making for the level of production he's capable of. But if the Brewers want to get this huge package for him, which I know they do, you figure they're going to want to do it this year, where there is still that next season on that contract. They can sell that to another club. Another club is going to be far more willing to give up with some premium prospects if they're going to get more than just a few months of Jonathan Lucroy. So I, I'm betting that this thing happens before the trade deadline, and, I, I, again, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and pick the Washington Nationals as his destination.
1: Yeah, a healthy, productive Lucroy could bring back quite a haul for this Milwaukee team, as you said, especially with that second year remaining on the contract. It makes him even that much more appealing and attractive to teams uh, in the mix for the Nationally pennant this year, and Washington, at least on paper, could be an ideal landing spot for him. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Adam, your second bold prediction is that uh, a guy we already mentioned earlier in this podcast uh, could hit, in your mind, maybe, if not more than 40 homers, approach it. (laughs) Who could that player be? Well, it's Chris Carter. And, look,
0: this assignment from our editors was to make a bold prediction. And I saw my colleagues' choices. And I got to say, I won this assignment hands (laughs) down because – these other guys, they went so safe, and they're picking, you know, playoff appearances for teams that are obviously vying for that. I went way out on a limb and picked 40 homers for a guy who hit 199 last. So, <laughs> Bold yeah, indeed. So, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. Who All of these predictions, and we are always wrong. These seasons never play out the way we predict them to. I'll just say that this is a guy who hit 39 once in the minors. He hit 37 in Houston a couple of years ago. He's going to a great hitters park in Miller park where they feel like his oppo power is going to play. Um, Obviously he's a good pole hitter too. the ball flies out to left, but it also goes out to right center. He's got some power and maybe at minute made, those balls would die out near the hill. Um, I just think it's he, and he, again, he looks, he looks good in these uh, spring training games and Ryan Braun said he also looks good in batting practice, and Ryan Braun was surprised at he, he expected this big, long swing from a you know typical power hitter swing. And what Ryan Braun saw, particularly in the BPs, was this compact, easily repeatable stroke that uh, Ryan Braun says he's surprised when he looks at the batting averages over Chris Carter's career and sees them as low as they are. So he's on board with, with a, a big season for this guy. He doesn't have any prospects pushing him. This is Chris Carter's job. Um, and I just think that the, the ingredients are there for, if not 40 home runs, uh, you know, a a productive first season in Milwaukee, but what the heck, let's go way out on a limb and say, he's going to hit forty.
1: Yeah. Why not? It's, it's a bold prediction segment. No one's going to check, Matt. No one's going to check. No one's going to, no one's going to check. But you know, now that you say that maybe we'll look back in six months and see how ridiculously wrong we all were. That's part of the fun of predictions. (laughs) So... Always a possibility whenever anything is on tape, but you know, we'll check back in October and see if Chris Carter does approach the 40 home run plateau. If he did, if he does hats off to you, Mr. McKelvey, as we wrap this segment up with your bowl prediction, number three, not one that uh, Milwaukee fans will want to hear, but again, it's bull predictions and you predict that the team is going to reach the century mark in a category that they would rather avoid.
0: Well, look, I said this at the team's uh, fan fest, so I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, I think there's the potential for 100 losses. You know, I went through, and, and you look at their starting lineup, their infield, Chris Carter, Scooter Jeanette, Aaron Hill, and Jonathan VR. And, look, those are major league players. I mean, no disrespect to any of the players on this team. But that is not a recipe for a huge, you know, offensive juggernaut. Um I think they could struggle defensively. I think they have now questions in the bullpen with Will Smith. They're a really good left-handed reliever out for an extended period of time. I think Ryan Braun's back is a matter of concern, him missing some games uh, near the end of spring training. I, uh, we just went through the question marks with Jonathan Lucroy, the potential that he gets traded. All the established players that they traded away since last July when Doug Melvin began this rebuild. The ingredients are there for a very tough season for this Brewery. The loss total was 94 off the top of my head last season when they had all these established players, and I just don't see them getting any better uh, this coming season. This is this will be, you know, if it is a bad season, it's a bad season at least by design. And we've again we've talked about that at length. The plan here is rebuild. It's about stockpiling prospects. They have greatly improved a farm system that now is pretty much consensus top ten in the game after being pretty much consensus bottom five for a number of years as they were sort of in go for it mode. So look, it's it's there's it's one thing to be bad, but if you're at least bad with a plan that you can sell that to the fans, I think that's what the Brewers are going to do this year, and that's why I'll go out on a limb and say 100 losses is certainly a possibility.
1: Yeah, and and look, you know, if you set the bar low, only one way to go is up from there. So if you're expecting 100 losses and they and they come up anywhere short of that, you can say, "Well, <laughs> They fared better than I thought they would, and uh, like we've said time and again, especially in this podcast, baseball is a crazy game. Baseball season is always crazy, and uh, we'll see what happens to the Brew Crew in 2016. Our final spring training podcast of 2016, Adam, when we talk next, uh, things are going to matter. Wins and losses uh, in the regular season column, we will discuss that at this time next week for sure. Adam McKelvey, we thank you for your time. As always, we'll do it again next week. Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers.